When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome back, Steeler fans. Welcome back to part two of this episode of the Steelers Hangover. I am Tony Defio, and he is Shannon White. And he, in the sky, his bad signal, bad signal is Brian Anthony Davis. He's not with us tonight, but he'll be back next week. In the meantime, uh, Shannon and I were having some great football talk with the live chat. Felicia, it's her birthday today, if you didn't hear that in the first half of the show. So happy birthday to, happy birthday to Felicia. Let's see who else we have, have here in the live chat. We have... Javier Moray, George Teston, uh, Shannon's puppy, mm-hmm. Sean Hanahan, Brian Brown. <laughs> so, and here's one from Bob Yeager. And I, I'm a big Ramon Foster fan, so I have to put this up there. He, he's joining us from Facebook, and he says, Ramon Foster was the most unrated stealer of the last decade. I tend to agree with that. What do you think, Shannon? Uh, I can't argue with that. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Oh, he is. I mean, like I said, what a great value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean you, a established starter all them years, uh, mm-hmm. reliable and uh, just a, a a great teammate and and you know citizen as well. So yeah, yeah he he checks all the boxes and and uh, yeah. those guys are just really easy to root for. Absolutely. The one 
The one uh, regret I'm sure he has to regret more than we do is that he never got to a Super Bowl. I, I would have loved to see him mm -hmm. uh, media day at a Super Bowl. I think he's such a great personality. I think he's going to go on eventually. I don't know if he's he retired. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think he, he might, he's working in media right now. I think he's going to go on to bigger and better things and, and be a really elite, maybe even locally, maybe on, on the Steelers broadcast, maybe be a, a presence. I could see him someday uh, alongside maybe Bob Pompiani for preseason games or maybe even, uh, you know, the uh, regular season games, a radio network, who knows? But yeah, I, I really think he's going to be a fixture in, in, in local Pittsburgh sports media for many years to come. He's what certainly is it about them ex-linemen? You know, guys like Tunch and yeah. Wolfley and – they, they really know their stuff. They yeah. have the personality to go with it. Mm -hmm. And they've become fixtures. And, of course, they're not, you know, eventually they're going to retire. Right. And, you know, with, especially with uh, Tunch's health issues. And, yeah, I'm like you. I can see Foster because he's very, very good on right. his show. And I can see him uh, uh, sliding in there because he, he loves the Steelers. And, yeah. and you could tell, you know, uh, you can't fake that. And, uh so I think we all can enjoy that and appreciate his love for the, the franchise. You know, they give him a shot, they give him a chance and, and uh, you know, he earned it, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, you know, he appreciates that. And, he, right. and his legacy is such that uh, legacy matters. Yeah. He'll always be a legend around here. So. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I really am looking forward to see what he has in store for his uh, post football career. Mm -hmm. And on that note, let's move on to our second topic, and that's more more nostalgia stuff and more you know fun stuff, I think. And that's the uh, really the title of tonight's show. And which, as we know, the Steelers have the toughest schedule on paper heading into twenty twenty one. Although that doesn't always work out that way, but on paper, it's a really tough schedule. And if the Steelers are going to have a, a great season, and we're all hoping that they do, and uh, make it back to the postseason, maybe win win the division again, but certainly. Uh, have a you know go further than they did last year. They're going to have some memorable games along the way. So there's certainly a lot of uh, candidates on here on the list. So I'll start with you, Shannon. Uh, if you had to pick one game to start uh, that, that could really you know if they go on and win that game, it could, it could really prove to be a memorable either victory for them or uh, just a memorable night or day along along the way to a victory. Which 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 one would be first first that you would pick? I guess I'm just anxious uh, for the first game against the yeah. Bills because right. the by the time they played the Bills last season, they were already starting to – everybody mm -hmm. had done figured out that short passing game. Everybody knew they couldn't run the ball. And then, you know, they, they didn't have Bud Dupree. Right. And um, so there was other injuries on the inside – at the inside linebacker position. And – I don't think that they give their a true showing of what they were capable of. Right. And, uh, and Buffalo has established themselves. They're the real deal. Right. They're going to be a contender in the AFC and to have to open there to open the season in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that'll, we'll learn a little bit right. um, about, uh, how committed are the Steelers to run in the football? Like we had an article on site today about that, uh, by Dave uh, Schofield. And um, I believe that, you know, they really don't have a choice anymore. 
Right. You know, you've got uh, Ben's 39. He can't carry the offense any longer. Um, and you want to protect him as much as you can. And you got Najee Harris. He needs touches. He's right. going to have to, to build his confidence and, and, and uh, develop a feel for the professional game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to have to rely on that defense, which I think should still be top notch. Um, and, uh, it kind of lean on that running game a little more and uh, establishment because it's a mindset. The The guys they have now are much more physical uh, and, and uh, more power players. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the backups, the guys they, they have, uh, they've tried to bring in a certain mindset and a certain type of player. Um, but I think they need to show that that first week, win, lose, or draw mm-hmm. against the Bills. They need to, to show that it is a change, changing of the guard, met Canada's offense, and uh, show better than they did, let's say, a couple years ago when they got blown out in New England opening game. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, that, right. that right. set a bad precedent. Right. Uh, they weren't on the same page. They had some changes there. And, uh, uh, of course, that was – Ben was injured. We didn't know how bad, of course. but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm really anxious to see that first Bills game because if they can come out and and start to establish the run and be more of a physical offense, um, I think they could do it against the Bills defense uh, and and have Ben you know kind of do the John Elway at the end of his career impersonation. Um, I'll feel much better about the the prospects of the rest of the season. Oh, that's, that's, that's great stuff, man. It's, I love this. I love, I love, I love your insight. This is, this is, I learned, I didn't even think of stuff in that regard. I'm thinking more like theater, but yeah, that's great insight. If they can establish a running game, establish a, a true, a, a different identity from what they had last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, if they can, if they can um, come out and, and, and beat a, a really good AFC contender in week one, I think that can set a tone and, you know, yeah, it would prove to the world that maybe they're better than people think, but really who cares? It's proving it to themselves that, that, that they're, that they're a real deal. And they really, you know, as you mentioned, they kind of, they kind of caught Buffalo at the wrong time last year, or Buffalo caught them at the wrong time and they were struggling. And even the year before they were, they were on a roll uh, when, when Buffalo came to town for that Sunday night game, but their quarterback was Devlin Hodges. I mean, he, he was, he had, we were all excited about him, but uh as far as a defense that was uh, going to expose him and a cornerback that was going to expose him, it happened that night and they were never quite the same after that, but they gave him a game really both times. I mean, things kind of unraveled for them uh, last year towards the, uh, the end of the first half, but they, they really looked like they were the better team early on. And then it kind of fell apart. Uh, if they can, if they can get a win in week one, and I think it could really like that, that, Houston game from 92. I mean, we're going back a long ways. Mm-hmm. Bill Cowher's first game. Uh, nobody really believed that they were going to be any good that year. And they went out and they overcame a 14, nothing deficit early on in the Astrodome and, and won that game. And it really, of course it helped that they went on to win the division that year and, and capture the uh, number one seed. If they had like a four and 12 year, I'm sure people wouldn't remember that game at all, but uh, people remember that game quite fondly, and I, and and it's because it set a tone and, and it it put Cower on the map, and mm-hmm. I think that's 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 one game that they could um, that could really create some memories, and just an, a, a, another one that I had in mind, simply because every time these two teams get together, it's it's nuts, and that's 
week four at Green Bay. It's a 425 start. I assume Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. I don't know. At this point, he's still on the team. Um, <laughs> but they haven't really, haven't really played him until since Super Bowl uh, 45. That's the last time they faced Aaron Rodgers. But uh, obviously, that was a crazy game, a disappointing loss. And But the year before, they had that crazy game in Heinz Field, the uh, the the walk-off touchdown to Mike Wallace from Ben to Mike Wallace. But even the two games since then, without Rodgers, it was uh, Matt Flynn in 2013, uh, next to the last game of the year. That was uh, just an exciting game. And Pittsburgh won at the end, and it kept their playoff hopes alive. And then a few years ago, uh, was it, uh, Brett Hun- Hunley was filling yeah. in for, for, for Rodgers, and that was a wild <laughs> night. That's when the Steelers' defense was – I think Shane's ear hadn't even gotten hurt yet. But their defense was just struggling by that point, and and teams were figuring out their weaknesses. And Huntley had a great game against them, and that was the game that uh, that Chris Boswell kicked that fifty-three yard field goal uh, at the end, and was taken uh, hoisted up on on the shoulders. I think it was Pouncey and somebody else. It was a really memorable night. It was like what Sunday night football. So it seemed like every team, every time these two teams get together, it's a uh, it's just a wild game. So I, I expect it to be that way again, and then. They close out with uh, back-to-back games uh, with Cleveland and, and Baltimore. So I think mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if the race is close for the AFC North, those games are going to be member. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, it'll be brutal. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. they got to be in position mm-hmm. for those last four to five games. Right. Um, I'm, honestly, I'm hoping that they pull a Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Yeah. Because the Buccaneers come out. And at the beginning, and even in the middle of the season, you look like they, you know, they're they might not gel, right? Uh, you know, they they brought in a lot of talent, but it was so many changes, mm-hmm. and you know, and you're starting to wonder, is this going to be the uh, a contender like everybody thought they were going to be? At one point, they they might not make the playoffs, right? Right, and um, so, but they just kept getting better. Mm-hmm. And you could t- you could see it, and then I'd be like, "Oh, brother!" I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the the NFC better watch out, and because right. you want to be hitting your stride right there at the beginning of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's how the Steelers, uh, you know, become one of the first wild card teams to right. go all the way through. They they, of course, that buff, you know, the Bettis play running over Erlocker. Um, Mm-hmm. you know, to help win that game. And, and that just kind of – everything springboarded off of that. Right. And uh, and last year, I was shocked when they started 11-0 and mm-hmm. with being coming back from that complete elbow reconstruction and everything. I was like, I wasn't expecting that at all. Right. And I know they, they played some other teams that, you know, were in disarray due to injuries and whatnot. But the – the Steelers had a little bit of advantage because they had familiarity with each other, right? Where they had some stability, uh, especially in the coaching staff. But that's just who the Steelers are. But right, um, I was like eleven and I started to believe, but I kept mm-hmm. writing when we would do our quarterly grades. I was like, they got to start, you know, gelling. They got to hit a stride, and you want to get better, um, improve each quarter of the season, but that last quarter of the season is when they fell off so bad. Right. And, um, we, we talked about it in them articles, you know, it's like, Hey man, are they going to develop this running game? Are they going to start focusing on, you know, at least being a threat to run the football? 
Right. And I, I think that's when I realized they couldn't do it. It wasn't yeah. that they wasn't trained. You know, I mean, the play call was so ridiculously predictable. Right. You know, run to the left, run to the right, drive the middle, and then mm. it ain't working. We give up. Right. But, um, you know, at least with Canada and, and having some motion, and, and you're going to at least put some question and some doubt that the defense are not exactly sure what's coming. And hopefully that'll help open up that running game. But the line just lost any push. They had no semblance right. of power at all. Right. You know, and, and, and ain't their fault. Guys get old. Yeah. And and that's one of the first things to go. You can still pass protect. Right. But but as far as well, they would be down at the goal line, like against Washington. Mm-hmm. Not only did they not get any push, they got pushed backwards. Right. Yeah. That can't happen. You mm-hmm. know, it just it just can't happen. And uh, but if the other team knew that they were needed or wanted to run the ball, like in those situations, uh, they had they had no chance to get any push. And so, at the very least, with these new guys, we should have uh, some power in there with Dotson and and Turner. And and uh, I'm hoping it's Green, right? Because uh, he's so explosive. He don't he's not a large guy, but right. he comes off that ball with so much explosion that he usually gets a guy at least turned mm-hmm. if not, you know, uh, some push. So, um, that's something they're definitely going to have to improve on. And that'll, and even if it's not on the goal line, it'll keep them drives alive. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that they can improve as the season goes along, keep the record good enough. And that that's an incredibly tough division right? to have a chance to, to win the division. Cause I don't know if anybody will, if two teams will come out of the North this year, because mm-hmm. I'm expecting maybe 10 and seven, 11 and six is going to win the division. Right. Yeah. I, I, that's, and that's, that's the thing. I think they have the overall roster makeup mm-hmm. of they, they can finish anywhere between, you know, like around 500 to 10 and 10, 11 yeah. wins, yeah. like most of the teams in the NFL. So when people say, well, they're, they're, they're when, it, when people are writing them off so early, I just don't get that because you, mm-hmm. you mentioned the Buccaneers mm-hmm. and they were a team that just struggled all for what, three quarters of the season. That their their buy came at just the right time. Steeler fans probably don't want to hear that <laughs> based on what happened. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So their buy came along just at the right time. They 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 went in the lab to quote Mike Tomlin. They they kind of figured some things out. They eliminated some things and they started playing the Tom Brady strengths a little bit. And that defense was just phenomenal with you know Shaq Barrett and everything. And you know they caught they got on a roll it got hot at the right time. So um, yeah, I, I hope they can just kind of like you know figure out their identity early on, um, you know, maybe, you know, hopefully they get off to a hot start, but certainly, you know, tread water for a little bit and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, establish some things and that, that, you know, that line, you know, you mentioned the, the, the aggressiveness, at least the, the, the aggressive attitude with a lot of these guys, uh, Trey Turner, Kendrick Green has that attitude. We know Kevin Dotson does. Zach Banner is a, a kind of uh, another like brawler type, road grader. So, I mean, they're definitely trying to change your identity. Adrian Clem, from what you heard in minicamp, you know, his, his, uh, his, uh, rhetoric is definitely more aggressive as far as, uh, supposedly the way, the way he's, uh, uh, you know, teaching and, 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 and interacting with these guys. So hopefully it'll carry over. And, and like you guys, like you always say, and, and I always hear Tunch and Wolf and all these guys, guys that know the running game, you have to keep practicing it. You have to keep mm-hmm. at it. You, you have to like kind of keep pounding that rock until you, till you break it. So, I mean, they're at, I mean, these guys are obviously playing the league for many years and, and, and Tunch was a pro bowler. So if they're saying it, there has to be something to it. So 
hopefully, you know, if they can, if they can practice that and establish that, that identity and, and, just, and not give up on it, that's the key. And that's going to be the tricky thing with Ben. Cause he's obviously, he's such a talented quarterback, even though he's 39, he, he's accomplished so much. And, you know, he, he, he's done so much and, and he has such great abilities. At least he, he, he certainly probably still thinks that he does, even though he's, he's older. So, you know, if it gets to a, a point in, in, in a game or a season where the running game's not working, you know, are they going to give up on it? Are they going to try to rely on his, on his right shoulder or, 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 or is he going to, you know, want to like um, kind of maybe take over some games, you know, like, you know, like he did with, with Fickner calling the plays at the, you know, changing plays at line of scrimmage. So that's, that's going to be the tricky part convincing Ben at 39 uh, to kind of stay, stick with that running game, even if it's not working. So it's going to be interesting. And uh, I'm concerned that if they, if he doesn't do that, the, I, it's easier to run block than it is pass block. Mm-hmm. It, it takes cohesion and chemistry, and it takes longer to develop the pass blocking. Right. Um, and if he doesn't commit to the running game to take some of that off him, um, and he tries to revert back, I'm afraid he's going to get injured mm-hmm. because, um, you know, we don't know about Banner's pass blocking. I have faith in him right. as a run blocker. Right. But and I think that Okerford has the physical abilities to be a good pass blocker, Mm -hmm. but he's unproven on the left tackle position. Right. Uh, And so I'm kind of again. I think Ben doesn't have a choice either. He Mm -hmm. he needs the threat of the running game to establish the running game um, to open up all the other things that that he is wanting to do. And and when you talk about this new expanded season, 17 game season it's going to be even more of a grind because the Steelers have more pre- one more preseason game than anybody else besides the Cowboys. Right. So some of these guys are going to be playing an even longer season before the playoffs even get here. Right. And uh, so I, I think that Ben will buy in. Um, I think last year he got frustrated when he just seen, you know, you hand the ball, if you turn around and they in the hole, they ain't nothing there for the running back. Right. You know, right. when you know a play ain't going to work before you call it, it it's, it's, um, defeating, yeah. and and I think he got frustrated and tried to take over, and you know it's that's what champions do. That's what right. guys who are right. carried the offense for years do. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think even he realizes his own physical limitations and at his age, and that's my main concern is is him getting injured. Yeah, and and I think part of the reason they struggled like they did at the end of last year is he was trying to get rid of the ball so quickly mm-hmm. because he was trying to make it to the playoffs. Because yeah. in that playoff game, that started out god awful. You know, we mm-hmm. won't even go with that. But if you've noticed, he started completing passes down the field. Right. Uh and driving the ball down the field. And you know, yes, he had you know the four interceptions, but he had four touchdowns too. Right. And, and you know, people kind of conveniently forget that. And mm-hmm. uh, and those were not the typical throws he'd been making towards the latter part of the year, the regular season. He right. did start to drive the ball again down the field. So I think he can do that, um, but they got to establish a running game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and, and it's kind of interesting how, you know, we, we talked about this a lot, how you can see Matt Canada's influence on the offense earlier on in the season. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of went away. Was that on Fickner? Was that on Ben? We'll never know. But but as you said, if Ben buys in, and I think he's going to, all the reports you heard out of the minicamp is that he was spending more time in in, in the film room and everything mm-hmm. and trying to get get uh, um, uh, Canada's uh, uh, 
game plan down his his terminology so hopefully he does buy in because like you said i think when when, when you're 39 and less is more like we saw with john Elway yeah. years ago and even peyton manning a few years ago was kind of he kind of benefited from a, a good running game and a, and a tremendous defense mm-hmm. so you know hopefully they could follow that script and and uh and 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 it'll benefit him and and like you said he did you know, even that Colts game, you know, they just mm-hmm. they just decided at the end of that Colts game, look, we got to win this game, we got to win this division, <laughs> we got we got to finally put this thing away. And he started opening it up uh, in the second half when they were down twenty four seven, and then you know he didn't play that last game because they didn't really have anything to gain by that. And then in the as you said in the playoffs, he was more old Ben, you know, throwing completing mm-hmm. passes downfield. But but like you said, I think he was trying to just get through the season <laughs> without getting injured. Uh, was it you know because of the line because he wanted to make it to the playoffs and, 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 you know, like unleash it then we'll never know, but, but uh, hopefully the line can gel at some point this year, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, but it's definitely going to be a, a process because it's five new guys essentially, because you have even Okafor is going to be moving. And new changing position, position. Yeah. 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 So I know that last year at the beginning of the year, when we were saying some of the wrinkles of Canada's offense, um, KT Smith wrote an article about how that Ben was not fully buying in to the RPOs Mm -hmm. and he was making, instead of making the decision after the snap and continuing to read the defense, he was trying to make the decision pre-snap and he almost threw a couple of really bad interceptions, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, because he thought he read one thing and then they did something else. And you know, I think that they backed off that because he wasn't comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But that happens when you've got two basically offensive coordinators. Right, right. You know, I, that's what I felt like a lot last year. Mm-hmm. And then finally they just kind of put Canada's offense on the back burner and and just basically let went with Fitzgerald's office, but that was basically being taken over. Right. And yeah. and uh, so there was uh, too many Chiefs and not enough the Indians, I don't know how you say it, but, right, but right. they 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 finally got more of a clear uh, line of communication now, mm-hmm. and and uh, so yeah. I'm hoping that's going to clear up some of that because you you know you can do the RPOs, you don't have to be an uh, incredibly mobile because Ben's not, mm-hmm. uh, but he can't make the decision pre-snap, you know, he right, has to, right. and right. Uh, so I think he has a better understanding of it now, so um, <laughs> I'm hoping that it will show up, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, once the uh, regular season gets here, here's a good good question. How do you think they're gonna handle his uh, snaps during the preseason? Since you know he, hard, he hardly ever plays, at mm-hmm. least since like 2014, 2015, he hardly ever played in the preseason. Maybe a little, you know, two, a couple of series in in that uh, quote unquote dress rehearsal game, the third game. Mm-hmm. But really, you didn't see a whole lot from him. Do you think he's gonna play more this year? Just just because of it's a new just because it's a new coordinator and, and, and he has to really get this offense down. I don't know what to think. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would like to see it. Right. Um, you know, I mean, then of course, you know, I'd be really upset if he gets hurt, like all the rest of us. Right. Would be. Right. Oh, that'd be a um, disaster. I think that what they'll probably do is, uh, see how the line gels. Mm-hmm. Let's say this hall of fame game. And then, you know, the first, uh, regular preseason game. I can't remember who we play, but if the line looks like they're holding up and they're communicating well, then, you know, that second, which would be the third game again, 
but I think he might play more series, maybe mm-hmm. the first half. Right. Yeah. Or of course, if he, because he's going to have to get a feel for that. Oh yeah. Uh, because there's a lot more uh, ball handling, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the fakes and the, um, he needs to get comfortable with that before, you know, showing up in Buffalo right. trying right. to beat the bills, you know? So, yeah, right. Um, of course that last preseason game, you know, nobody plays mm-hmm. uh, the starter. So, um, I, I think it'll really depend on that Hall of Fame game, how they feel about the Lions' performance, and do they trust him enough to give him a series or two in that second game? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a conundrum. It's something that mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I, if it were up to me, I wouldn't in, in playoff in preseasons past, I wouldn't play him at all. I think I don't mm-hmm. want. I just put that that guy in you know bubble wrap because you know, <laughs> he he knew the offense. And yeah. this year, I'm really excited to see what Rudolph and Haskins can do, but. At the same time, you know, you, you know, Ben, like you said, he's got to get a feel for that new offense. So it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how they uh, how they handle it. And before we continue, I just have to get this up there. Another uh, super chat from Snowman, five dollars super chat, and he says, uh, "Prayers go out to just me. She's a regular on all of our podcasts. She was sick, but I for, I forget what happened to her. Well, uh, Snowman, thank you for the five dollars. But she was on she was on my podcast on uh, my solo podcast on Friday. So hopefully, you're talking about something that happened before Friday and not since Friday." But if it's since Friday, yes, I agree. Hopefully she's uh she's doing okay. But thank you for yeah, the five dollars. Definitely, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for the shout out for her. So and I think Bad Itch said uh earlier, speaking of that, Bad Itch said his mother was uh was sick, and so prayers out to, out to Bad Itch uh too. Mm-hmm. Uh wow, it's been a tough show in that regard. But um yeah, so I think I'll, we'll finish things out with some questions from the let's see what the let's see what the live chat is saying. I had some other things in mind, but We've had such great football talk. I'm, I uh, see we have some uh, questions from the uh, from here's here's a comment, a long comment from Kevin Solarik from Facebook, and he says RPO is a waste of time if no one believes you will beat them with the ground game. Whoops, went away. Uh, especially if Ben is zero threat to run. Our O line was old and tired last year. Play calling was awful. We can't <laughs> be in shotgun ninety percent of the game. The play action passing game will be the key with Harris and creativity with two tight end sets. Wow, that sounds like like a good theme for the entire how, how people have been saying all offseason about about mm-hmm. about how last year went and what they're hoping for this year. So that's some good stuff. Thank you, Kevin. I thought it was gonna be uh usually with those long comments. And it started out uh pretty uh uh vulgar not vulgar, but pretty uh heated. You think you're expecting some really bad stuff, but he he really made some great points. So thank you for that, Kevin. And uh, Mark Davison, he's uh, he's one of our podcasters. The guy from Australia says he can't wait for for the Hall of Fame weekend. I'm really excited about it. I, I'm excited too, about the yeah. game. But you know, when you got Bill Cowher, you got Troy going mm-hmm. in, Donnie Shell, Bill Nunn, uh, Alan Fanica. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy fun weekend. And and you know, I'm, I'm glad that they waited a year uh, and didn't just do like a Zoom kind of mm-hmm. induction last year with the pandemic. I'm glad they waited a year because. You know, a guy like Donnie Show has waited for for over three decades to get in. I mean, one of the when you look at his stats, I can't believe it took him this, this long to make it in. Other than that, seventy Steelers bias with you know keeping uh, it has to like, be. yeah, because I mean, <laughs> you, when you really? look at his numbers, mm-hmm. I mean, he was and he was so clutch. Brian and I do the retro show every week, and every time there's a a game involving uh, Donnie Show, he's always making a play at the end. It, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable the, 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 how good this guy was and for him to. Uh, to last that long. So I'm glad that, that he's going to get to experience the full thing, him and, you know, obviously Cowher and Fanica and, and, and obviously Bill Nunn isn't with us, but 
he certainly such a such a, a, a transformative member of that of that such an unheralded member for many years of that of those seventies uh, teams the, the inroads that, that he helped them make with the uh, uh, small black co southern colleges and how they, that's how they got guys like Donnie Shell and and LC and John Stallworth yeah yeah, yeah so many and and so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a special weekend for Steeler Nation and I, I can't wait I can't wait I, me neither <laughs> I, I went down one year me and my old girlfriend like the year the last time they went to the Super Bowl. We went down and it was such a great experience, but we didn't stick around for the uh, induction because we had to get back. But mm -hmm. uh, that was a, that was a, that was a fun time. And I, I really uh, want to get back to the Hall of Fame. So. Well, Donnie and, Shell, when he came, um, when I first started writing for Behind the Still Curtain, I wrote an article uh, about, you know, why he deserved to be in. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and for the longest time, he held the record for the most interceptions by a strong safety. And when you, you know, growing up, I always thought of, you know, Donnie Shell was, you know, he was a fire hydrant that could move. He was a bowling right. ball and he just, he wiped guys out. Yeah. Uh, and the hit he put on Earl Campbell was one of the hardest hits you'll ever see in a football game. Yeah. And, but you don't think about how good he was at coverage. Right. Until you realize he had 50 some interceptions. I can't remember now, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, and then you look back, you're like, he did get a lot of interceptions, you know, yeah. it seemed like they were in the fourth quarter a lot, right? You know, to close out a game, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Troy had that ability, uh, uh, Palomalo, and and yeah. uh, those are uh, uh, two of the best strong safeties, and, and you know, right. both of them former Steelers. So mm. I'm glad he's still alive and he can, oh, yeah, in good health, he can be there, like you said, they didn't do a some kind of uh, zoom thing you know right. they actually waited and mm -hmm. now his family can be there and yeah and still nation can be there to because it's just a special occasion yeah it is and and they have maybe arguably the two best safeties in team history going in at the same time at the same time and, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and they represented the team and, and their two super bowl eras so i think it's, mm -hmm. it's just gonna be awesome so and next that really, next it has to be elsie greenwood i agree i agree like i i said last Which, week yeah. You seen yeah, it just come out that he had 78 sacks before yeah. sacks were official right. statistics. And right. He was just a, a disruptive uh, uh, pain in the backside for anybody they played against. Right. At times he was just totally dominant because mm -hmm. he was so long mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they guys couldn't even throw over him. You know, they was trying right. to throw around mm -hmm. because he had that wingspan. And, uh, um, and I always felt like he didn't get the, the credit. Right. But you know you're playing against arguably the best defensive tackle, right? And, and you know, uh, especially of that era, maybe of all time, it means Joe Green, right? And uh, uh, and they had so many greats on that defense. But I would have thought he would have went in now as well. And I hope that, that they'll rectify that mistake and get him in there. I, I hate that he's not going to be around to enjoy right. it. But you know, it's the he, he'll always be a legend to us and his oh, legacy. Yeah. But uh, he deserves to be in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Like he doesn't, when you look at overall pass rushing numbers, even with, with, with these, um, with these unofficial numbers thrown in there now, thanks to the, the, the research done by pro football reference, he, he doesn't measure up with, you know, the all time leaders, but you know, he was the leader. He was the, the uh, unofficial sack leader of the, maybe the greatest defense ever. And, you yeah, know, yeah. He, he passed the eye test like Lynn Swan mm -hmm. and John Starworth. They didn't put up great numbers as far as you know, when you compare it to other receivers throughout history. 
but they passed the eye test. They were fantastic players. And if you're the you're the all time sack leader for the greatest defense arguably ever, then you deserve to be in a Hall of Fame. So oh yeah, hopefully, hopefully those sacks got spread out between right. him and Green and mm-hmm. White White and uh, Holmes and uh, you know I was in. I didn't realize that Ham had as many sacks as he had because right. I never thought about him as a blitzer. Right. You know, I, I can remember a few, but uh, those guys, Shell had quite a few sacks even. Right, right, yeah. You know, and you're just like, man, I mean, that was just an incredible, incredible defense. And and yeah. if the Steel Curtain ain't the best defense of all time, then I don't know football. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Jack Ham has said many times that, that uh, you know, uh, that that front four did some such so much heavy lifting and, mm-hmm. and and created so much opportunities for for him and Lambert and Andy Russell and of course that secondary to make plays you know that, to, and you know because Ham was one of the and, and and Lambert was two of the greatest uh, pass coverage uh, linebackers ever mm-hmm. as far as like you know the depth that they said that Lambert would get on on uh, in, in in pass coverage you know down the middle was unprecedented at that mm-hmm. time he was just such a great athlete people don't think of him as a great athlete because you know they, you, he's like such a uh reputation of being a tough guy with the you know the missing teeth and everything but he was a fantastic <laughs> athlete and of course ham was too and i think it when, when he was still playing he was the all-time leader in, in interceptions for linebackers so mm-hmm. you know that, that that front four just did and like you said it was spread everything was just spread out amongst among everybody because that front four did such a, a great job of, of just dominating the line of scrimmage week in and week out and we can only hope that uh uh, someday soon, Elsie Greenwood gets in there. So mm-hmm. it's been a fun show, and we're get, we're getting up against uh, sixty minutes. So I guess we're gonna have to call it a night. And I was like, oh my gosh, how's this gonna go without Brian Anthony Davis? But I think we did a great job, and I think we mentioned his name enough. We we we, we got the quota. And Brian Anthony Davis. Brian Anthony Davis. Brian and Anthony Davis. I think we just hit the quota. We just hit the quota. That's right. That's right. You finished it off. You did the heavy lifting. <laughs> you get those last few in there. So yes, we we. I, I, I picture him. With his troop mm-hmm. in his outfit, you know, the Boy Scout <laughs> outfit, you know, two or three sizes too small. Right. And he's protecting them from, uh, say, a, a grizzly bear, you know, because Brian's that kind of guy, you know. Right. Oh, and yeah. and oh, he's he got was... his collapsible spade shovel that he used to <laughs> dig the latrine, and, and he's showing them how to defend yourself from a grizzly bear with the spade shovel. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, so I, that's how I'm picturing him right well, now. Hope, so hopefully it's not that you know drastic. Right. Hopefully it's like a practice, run, a dry run. He's just he's using a squirrel as an exa- as a exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A so, raccoon. Yeah, right. Yeah, something, something like a starter, a starter grizzly bear. But uh, <laughs> on that note, I'm just gonna uh, say thank you to everybody in the live chat. Thank you for the for the super chats and thank you for the shout outs. Once again, happy birthday to, to Felicia. Thank you to Shannon. It was such a great hour of football. So like, I had such a great time and I learned so much. I, 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 that's why I love, I love your addition to the show. You, you bring such great insight to the game of football and, and you, you're like me and Brian, we, we appreciate uh, the future, but we also, or the present, we also appreciate uh, Steelers uh, uh, from the past. So it's, 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 it's a great, it's going to be a great team. We're looking forward to an awesome uh, regular season. And of course, before that, you know, training camp just kicks mm-hmm. off in a couple of days. So please, I'm stick excited. with us. Yeah. Are uh, we the three us. old dudes? Are we the three stooges? The three amigos. We're so, we're gonna have to figure out what. Right, right, right. Yeah. The, the three uh the three uh, Gen Xers, <laughs> which I used to think was young, but now it's yeah. like now we're the ones saying back in my day, that's that's us yeah. now. <laughs> 
Get off but, my uh, yard. Get off my yard. That's exactly. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, please uh, stay tuned uh, to Behind the Store Curtain uh, podcasting platform and the website. We're going to be bringing you so much great coverage as the Steelers kick off training camp and, and on the 22nd, right? That's when they report. Yeah. So that's when it's all going to start going down. We're, we're going to all start finally getting the answers to these questions we've been asking since January 10th when they, <laughs> they lost that, that game that, that shall go unmentioned to the, uh, that team that shall go unmentioned in the wild card right. round. So. So speaking of bad, we're going to have to do it. We have to, we have to finish out like we always do. And for Shannon White, I'm Tony Defio. And to quote the great, late great, Rowdy Roddy Piper, see if I can get this right. Just when you think you have all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Very good. Woo! Woo! <laughs> have a great week, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.